Welcome to Mitten Music, where we discover and explore all things that make the local Michigan music scene happen. Alright, welcome back to Mitten Music. Uh, Ryan, we've got our uh, first band as a guest today. Uh, you want to introduce them? I would love to, Jeff. Today we have In the Valley Below in our awesome recording studio down here for the bit and music. How's it going, guys? Hey. Hello. We're good. It's good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad of a drive over. I, I feel like we're very lucky that you, we, we connected with a band that was physically able to come over here to the basement of my house where I have the studio set up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, we're, we're local. Yeah. <laughs> so give us a little history. I mean, you guys started out actually in California, right? So what was kind of the background of how you guys started and uh, got together? Well, I first laid eyes on Jeffrey <laughs> um, at a place in L.A. actually called the Hotel Cafe. We both moved to Los Angeles separately to sort of pursue our dream, you know. Yeah. And I saw him playing in a band and I was just like, wow, he's an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I just hung around afterwards and met the band and became friends. For a long time, we were just friends and I ended up playing bass in that band called Sabrosa Purr. Also, yeah. you guys, that you, so you played in band prior to In the Valley Glow. Cool. Mm-hmm. A couple cool. different yeah. ones, yeah. As yeah. Ba- and bass and guitar. Yeah, and she was uh, doing the singer-songwriter thing, mm-hmm. and then I started playing guitar for that project, and then, so it was all, we had a nice musical yeah. community in L.A., um, a lot of friends, all musicians, and so we would all just help each other out and, and support each other, and then... Um, well, yeah, then In the Valley Below started just as like a side project of just, we thought, let's try writing some songs together uh, because we hadn't done that before. And then um, at first it was really awful. <laughs> and, like, it was awful. <laughs> Honesty, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, the first song or two we tried to write together just wasn't, wasn't working. Um, You're probably like, oh, is this a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Still trying to find your groove, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, we at that point we were just friends, and then um, so that it just wasn't working songwriting wise. Um, but then we went to South by Southwest in uh, Austin, Texas, yep. to play shows uh, for her music. We were there for like a week. Something happened, and we just clicked, oh. and that's when we got together romantically. Oh, and so then. Kind of grease the wheels on that. <laughs> yeah, and then after that, then writing songs together was a lot better, uh, just because I guess the intimacy or whatever worked. Yeah, that makes perfect sense from my perspective. As speaking as an In the Valley Below fanboy for sure, um, there's lots of love in your music. I feel like lots of <laughs> character, lots of feelings. If I like, at least that's what I get out of it. So how you just explain that makes perfect sense to me. Now, someone that might not know the band, maybe not understand that, but that's awesome. How did you guys come up with the name In the Valley Below? It was inspired by um, a Bob Dylan song, Ooh. One More Cup of Coffee. And it's such a great song, such an amazing song. And he sings about going to the valley below. And we're like, what is this place he sings about? No one really knows what it means or right. what he's talking Ooh. about. We're like, let's just, whatever that vibe is, wherever he's trying to go, let's, let's be there. That's cool. I yeah, like that's it. neat. Yeah, sure. So you talk about Bob Dylan. So what's some of the influences that you guys have had in your past? I mean, the sessions, um, you guys did a cover of Danzig, Mother, mm-hmm. 
And then you also did uh, Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks's. Why am I not? Stop dragging. Yeah, stop dragging. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, which are I think are really cool covers. Actually, I really enjoyed the the guys, you guys, how you did those. Um, so obviously, those were probably some influences, maybe. Uh, but what are some of the other influences in your guys? I think um, Phil Collins Ooh. and Peter Gabriel, and definitely power ballads from that era, like late eighties. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what kind of the initial uh, when we started in the valley below. We were like, what if what if we just wrote power ballads only? And like, <laughs> oh, every, every song or every track on every album is a banger. It's a ballad. It's everywhere. Because, like, I don't know, not a lot of people are really, or were, when we started the band, it didn't feel like there was a lot of power ballads being written because it was, I mean, it's pretty cheesy to to go for that. But we, it, that was just sort of the genesis of it. And obviously, it didn't actually happen that way, but that was kind of where we started from. Uh, to give ourselves a little bit of like uh, something to work in yeah. inside of, you know. Ooh, that's we, cool. we were actually at a. Uh, my family had a cabin up north, outside of Ludington, and we were we came here from Los Angeles, and we stayed up there, and the radio, the local radio, had Power Ballad Weekend, oh. and we're like, why don't people write songs like this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that's what I remember from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. Lots of power belt. I mean, I am I'm a big 90s like 90s is my music, you know, era that I just I'm stuck in everything I love is like 90s related. A little bit of 80s too, but so yeah, I totally know what you mean. But 90s I think influences us too. Oh, 90s yeah, rock. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the PJ Harvey's one of my favorites, the Pixies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know what I was going to say, and it fits exactly with what you're saying right here. So the first time I heard you guys, uh, the first song I heard, I specifically remember it being Hold On Tight. It was the first song I heard. I, it was, I was listening to Spotify. I don't know if it was random. It was like, you know, they do a weekly curated playlist type thing, and it just kind of popped on, and I was like, I go, Roxette came out with a new song? <laughs> the first thing I thought was Roxette. It was the male and the female voice, but the harmonies, and like it was, it was rock, but it wasn't hard. It was like chill. It was it, it was just such a great song, and I was like, this this is like, is this a this has got to be Roxette? It sounds like it's Roxette, <laughs> or like, if you ever heard the band Mother Mother, I was like, was it the people from Roxette and the people from Mother Mother had had kids, and then they came out with this band called In the Valley Below? What is going on here? But that's how I related it, the sound and the vibe, just from that song. Interesting. And, I like Roxette. Yeah, and, yeah. and I thought that would have been weird too. I'm like, well, I mean. You listen to Roxette, it's not their music is not necessarily like yours, but it was just I think it was the male female, the melodies that you guys had. I'm going in on that song specifically because if I listened to other songs, maybe I wouldn't quite say that, but that was that's my memory of finding discovering you guys for the first time. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> I was in the UP too. I was in uh, Copper Harbor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was way oh, nice. up there in the middle of the winter. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it, I at the time it was. The job I had a couple times a year, I went to the perimeter of the UP. We did IT stuff for a um, Michigan Works company, and they had 14 locations in the UP that we had to go through. But that's that's etched <laughs> in my brain. I, that's where you discovered in the band. Oh, I like that. And that like song that. is probably one of my top 10 favorite songs I've ever heard. Oh, that's so, awesome. Oh, thank you. That's why it was such a, ah, we got in the valley below here. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys made your way back to, well, I shouldn't say, because you're from Memphis, right? Yeah. So, yes. uh, but you're originally from Muskegon. Yeah. Is that right? So, so why, 
back to Michigan? Is it family? Is it just, I don't know. You guys were in, like you said, California for, for quite a while. Yeah, we were there for a long time. Um, we, well, we had a kid in, in California and, uh, you know, once you have a kid, it, everything changes, like your priorities change, you, you need help. <laughs> and so, um, and yeah, she has a lot of family here in West Michigan. So we just, uh, and Los Angeles was starting to feel, um, I don't know, it just, it wasn't, it is kind of like lost its charm a little, a little bit. It almost. felt, it was starting to feel claustrophobic. Hmm. Just if there's so many people there, traffic all the time, like it, it was starting to, to lose its charm for me at least. And, uh, and that plus having the kid and wanting a little more breathing room mm-hmm. just felt. Yeah. And it was right after we, I mean, we were in LA for a while, you know, trying to, to trying to make it. And basically we made it. And in my opinion, we made it, you know, we could buy anything we wanted from the grocery store. We got a record deal. We, yeah. um, and we were always touring. We were always on the road. So it wasn't really our, a nice quiet place to come home to from all the touring. So we're like, let's. Let's find a nice, quiet place to come home to. And there, we had a few places on the list, actually. We're like, should yeah. we go to Memphis, New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want to be in the South, though. Yeah, he doesn't really I, like the heat. The, so yeah, I'm like, well, the, Michigan too ooh, would wow. be the place for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had enough of the hot, humid summers down South, so I didn't want to deal with that again. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, practical decision. You know, once you have a kid, like, you got to think practically. Oh, for sure, sure. And uh, so, so Michigan, uh, her mom was lobbying hardcore for us to come here. I mean, she was... I can imagine. Even years before we made the decision, she was just laying the groundwork. Sending us just, brochures. Yeah, and yeah. Summer activities. And <laughs> every time like, we would, that's what we're looking for. Every time we would see her, yeah, she'd be like, you know, real estate's looking pretty good in West Michigan. And just <laughs> always poking at it. And so well, she finally got her way. It's a good thing you guys didn't hold off and wait till like the last couple years to come here. We're like the... Everything skyrocketed in price, you know, anywhere yeah. you live. But yeah, if it, um, how long do you think you've been in Michigan? Has it been roughly ten years or a little bit less than ten years? No, it's been six. Six, six years, I think. Yeah. So yeah, then yeah, you, yeah. then you did come at. I mean, I think we've been in this house almost six years. So it was probably at the time we came here, and I thought we'd get, you know, price. Yeah. Looking to buy a house, that was a good time <laughs> to do it. Yeah, especially after living in L.A. Right. Oh. oh. Just <laughs> you get used to that, and you come back here and. Jeff yeah. even it's very made, affordable. We were, th- we were th- as we were ask- thinking of questions to ask you guys and we were talking about this, um, Jeff actually made a good point that I hadn't thought of. It's like, before asking you, we were like, well, maybe they left L.A. because it was so competitive, like, musically. There's just so much going on. They just felt like they were just overshadowed all the time or something. I don't know. Maybe it's harder. I feel like people move out to L.A. to, you know, hit it big or get noticed and do all that. But I also, on the other hand, have to imagine that's got to be difficult because a lot of people think that. So there's lots of bands going there, but maybe I, I'm not. I maybe I don't know. It's just an assumption I've always kind of thought. Well, I think I don't think we would have made it if we weren't there. You think? I so, think huh? if you really want to make it as a band, you if you're probably better off going somewhere. Those connections are. Everybody's there. Yeah. Everyone in the industry, and there's tons of venues and yeah. tons of other musicians, and it's it's a really fun place to be. Is there I make a, music. Com- a community. I mean, as a community of musicians, I mean, is everybody kind of not everybody, well, but some. Once you find your yeah, it's all about niche. finding your group. You know, like there's so many there that obviously that you can't know all of them. Like there's thousands and thousands of bands <laughs> and musicians. You know, so it's but it's but but once you make connections and find people that you relate to musically and and socially and and find that that common ground and hang out 
a lot, then it becomes like a, a second family and you, like I said earlier, you help each other out and you go to their shows and you yeah, play, yeah. you know, if they're like, hey, I need a bass player for this show coming up, and you do that and, and you just, uh, it was a really nice, like, musical family. And, and because there's so many bands there trying to make it, you have to be really good because everybody's, doing right, the best they can yeah, yeah. so it's like a healthy competition to try to to do the best you can because like you, you got to really want it or else it, you know just go home <laughs> well plus i did I'm, obviously you guys you got you met in la so like if you both of you didn't make your way to la that yeah this might not have ever happened potentially so yeah cool That's we have awesome. craigslist to thank for our our lives <laughs> no we can trace everything back to craigslist yes. at some point looking yeah. for yeah looking for musical instruments looking to sell musical instruments looking for someone to help us sing on this looking for the yeah i i can only imagine how i bet you la craigslist was probably wild back then Jeez, yeah. i don't know today maybe it's facebook marketplace or something i don't know but yeah who knows but everything uh, yeah <laughs> ah, that's awesome so transition to michigan then is um how much have you guys gotten involved in the music scene here or, you know, just kind of interested And in, obviously it's a different, different community, different, you know, musicians, different thing there. Is, is there a connection there or is that kind of, you still have a lot of that connections from, from the California side? Um, yeah, I'd say, I guess because we moved here after we'd kind of already established ourselves, um, we're less involved in the musician community here. Yeah. Um, but we're we're involved like in the recording scene here. Like uh, our good friend Peter Fox had a recording studio, Stone Castle, that we mentioned. Uh, he just moved to Portland recently, which sucks for us. But um, <laughs> uh, but his uh, studio partner Josh Kaufman just opened another recording studio, uh, and so we're we're friends with him, and and it's a great space. So we record drums there and stuff. Um, we also found a local drummer. Um, oh. Our drummer in LA isn't always available. Uh, the one that we, you know, that was with us from the beginning, um, Josh Ziegler. So we found Scott Gentry here in Grand Rapids, and Ooh. he is a killer drummer. Ooh. Yeah, so we've brought him on national tours. And, oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. So there's people, I mean, there's so much talent here, which yeah. is way more than we expected. We're like, oh, Grand Rapids is a small town, but it's really not. And there's so many great bands and musicians here. Yeah, I, I would have to feel like in L.A., it's like you stumble out your door and you're bumping into another musician. And then, yeah, here, you might have to, like, search a little bit more <laughs> just to get find, like, where do these get people hanging out? Like, how do we, especially the last couple of years, it's like everybody's kind of stay hunk hunkering down at home. It's just got to make it a lot harder. But, yeah, luckily you didn't make the transition during the whole pandemic thing because I've heard bands talk about moving cities or whatever, and they just had, they were miserable. Yeah. Uh, until now that they're t finally getting out of it and, you know, getting around to meeting more people and everything, but it was so hard. Even moving in general during what we've dealt the last two years would have been a pain. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, how, how have you guys been dealing with the pandemic? I mean, uh, haven't been touring, I don't think much, right? What have you, what's been keeping you busy? Obviously, you got your kids, so that's that's one piece, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it wasn't that different for us, really, because it's like touring, record release, madness or just hunkering down writing a record. So we've just been hunkering down writing. Luckily, our album came out in 2019. Yeah, probably right before. So yeah, we got to do the touring before. and all that yeah. and make music videos. And we were kind of in the writing mode anyway. It was just became harder when our son was home every day. Yeah. So we couldn't really yep. work together as much on stuff. 
But um, and you guys came out with a game. We made a board game. I know, so right? That was fun. <laughs> it was sold out. Like, can <laughs> yeah. I can I actually get it anywhere, or is it sold sold out? They're gone. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. They're worth money now. A limited run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was called Disciples. Was that? It's called Disciples. Yeah. Okay. And I, so I, I kind of read through it and looked at what it was. And I was like, yep, that's a game I would play for sure. <laughs> that's cool. That's so like out of the box thinking. How'd you guys come up with that idea? To, um, we were actually at Vault of Midnight. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. we were just looking at all the games, and it's like, I we can make a game. I have an idea for a game, and that's kind of where it sprouted and. Yeah, because we, we play games at home. You know, we have a decent collection. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're, we, we're in that world a little bit. Like, And uh, just being creative people, you kind of like, if you have an idea for something, even if it's not a musical idea, you at least now we have the framework like to be able to take an idea from your head to reality. Yeah. And so it's not that dissimilar from making music. You just have to kind of put it in a different box but yeah, uh, art in general I, yeah. I would imagine yeah kind of, that's cool but, but yeah creative mind it's like yeah creative mind man like i sometimes feel like there's too much like there's so many ideas i have and i start jotting them down or i'll start these projects a b c and d just they just keep coming keep coming i never can finish it and then you have kids and then you know it's like oh man when do i have time to do any of this stuff so sometimes i overwhelm myself with just how much i feel like i need to get out there so i can only imagine like you guys that are in a band that actually put out real art already <laughs> what do you guys have going on it's awesome so you're working on some material yeah is there any yeah. any plans to release that or are you guys still just working through it and well we hope to release something next year beginning of the year I'm not yeah. sure when beginning spring sometime in the first few months hopefully cool. yeah okay and since we're talking about spring you, you have tour starting in the spring uh, i want to say april maybe yeah. is the first couple dates possibly yeah, for that going. for that specific tour, maybe you have other stuff going on, but yeah, as of right now, we have the tour uh, with OMD. Yeah, it's a full full tour uh, cross country and Canada, so it's going to be a big one. So mm-hmm. we're excited about that. Um, it's been a while. The only <laughs> right, the only show on the tour I saw that was in Michigan was in Royal Oak. Yeah. Do you guys have any other shows in the Michigan area that you have booked up already? Maybe not on the tour itself, but a one off, or is that something you kind of when the availability comes or you think of it, you can do it. I, don't I just want to see you guys in Grand Rapids. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have yeah, anything. I know we missed them like I know. two weeks ago. Yeah. We don't have anything now, but things pop up. Yeah, well, I'm sure I, we will. Cool, yeah. yeah. So there's there's hope there. Well, we got a plan on that Royal Oak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I, I, I was I already put it in my calendar. Um, yeah. And I did notice, and I can't remember if it was the Bands in Town page or whatever, where I was looking at your tour um, I said request a show, so I, I might have hit it a few times. Like Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids. Do you need more Grand Rapids? So I don't know who gets those. Maybe it's, maybe I spammed you guys in your. I don't know. Who knows. No, no, we see all that stuff, and really? I know we thought about it because there is a day off between Detroit and Chicago, but day offs are oh, so yeah. rare and wonderful <laughs> during tour. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice to just come home and sleep in our bed for a night. But we do like to push it and work extra hard, so who knows? (laughs) Squeezing all the extra days off. (laughs) Well, since we're kind of talking about some of the musicality and some of that, I have a few more questions. Some of these might be a little surprise questions. I didn't want to give you guys all the questions ahead of time. (laughs) Um, One of my, this is a question I've had as as a fan of the band and someone you had a connection with that I'm also a fan of. 
How did you guys get hooked up with Dave Siddick from TV on the radio? He he produced, I, don't, I can't remember if it was an album or just a song or two. I know the song Rise, I feel like he had a big hand in that one um, off Pink Chateau. Yep, that's actually the only song he produced. Okay, yeah. Um, that makes sense. The rest was self-produced. But that song drove us crazy. And we had, we came up, we, we produced like three different versions and we kept hating it. And our label loved it and our manager loved it. And they're like, we should put it on the record. And we're like, we hate it now because we can't figure it out. We said, we'll only do it if we can have an outside producer. Okay. And they're like, well, who do you want? And, you know, so we tried to see who was available, and he was, like, my first choice. Yeah, yeah, we both love his stuff. Yeah, and, I'm uh, right there with you. And I was like, if we could get him, that would be, he's got to be able to help. And luckily he was available and willing to do it. And Yeah, it was just kind of a shot in the dark. I mean, they cool. just reached out to him, and, and yeah, he was he was down. He's got a cool studio in his house in L.A. and Nice. Yeah. Cute dog and cats. And <laughs> oh, it was so really awesome. fun. Yeah, it was a cool vibe. I love when I get to learn, like, just learning about bands and history and stuff like this and connections. I just love that stuff so much. So when, so you, you have a band that you like, and then you realize, oh, someone in the band is actually really good at producing. Oh, and then they help all these other bands. Kind of like the community you were talking about in LA, mm -hmm. where it's just like everybody kind of helps everybody. You get your groove. I've always just found that fascinating. It's like these. Like, not only is a, a cool person that's creative and can do these things, but they're just willing to share and help and do it. Like, that makes them even more of a rock star to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's awesome. And it's cool. If you just, like, one thing I learned in this whole business and, you know, being successful is you just got to ask for stuff sometimes, you know? Just think of the craziest thing. Like, what do you, what's your ideal? And just try that and see if it works, you know? Yeah, because you never know. I mean, it's just shoot for the moon and worst that can happen is they say no yeah yeah and, uh, but a lot of times they'll say yeah <laughs> fair enough that's cool you guys didn't just settle on it either that song right it's like you, you you guys were bothered by it enough even though the you said the record label was like no just go with it right and like no because yeah, we gotta, we gotta live with it and sing it over and over <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to be satisfied with it and we just hit our heads against the wall with trying to to make it we couldn't Sound even good. talk about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how frustrating it was. We couldn't even mention it. Is it <laughs> one of those fight over it? Is it one of those songs now? You're like, ah, we don't want to play this at shows. Is it a song you like? You don't? I get, I trying to recall back. Um, I think I've only seen you guys once live, and I don't remember hearing Rise. But is that a song you play in, at shows? We or do actually. It's it's actually fun to play, and it comes comes off really well live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hate it as much. <laughs> Maybe a better question is, are there any songs that you're like, you you don't play for certain reasons, like you're tired of it, you're bored of it, or some maybe another reason, I don't know. Do you have songs that you're like, we don't play this song? Hmm. Or not necessarily. I know I've heard bands say things like that, maybe because there's a reasoning behind it, like uh, they went through a breakup right when they were writing it or something, it just brings all these bad memories, so they don't want to play it. Hmm. All the way to, you know, things like that, but... I don't think emotionally there's any songs we don't play. Um, yeah. You know, a set can only be so long. Yeah. So sometimes we like leave out the really slow songs, yeah. like King Tide, which is one of our favorite songs. But we but never it's play a, it live. A really slow bummer. It's really sad. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> slow bummer. But <laughs> which but we, I love. I love slow bummer songs. But when you're at, at a concert, you know, it's hard. You don't want right. too many of those in the set. We'll or, put a few in. Yeah. <laughs> just enough but yeah when you have a range of different you know like more aggressive songs and then slow bummer songs it's like yeah how do you but i would i would have to say like 
me as a real fan coming, like, I don't couldn't care less. I just want to hear whatever you guys want to play. But you're not a you're not you know there's you want to attract more new people as well. So you, if you got someone new that's just heard of you the week before, they go to your show and they're like, ah, eh, they just play a bunch of slow music. Eh, it's boring. <laughs> it no. also depends. Like, is it a music festival? Oh, is it point. our show or are we uh, you know are we a support band for someone else? Hey, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Good thinking. Yeah, I got you. The no, it was Pink Chateau. You guys made a movie with the album. Mm-hmm. How did that idea come about? Was it like uh, the movie came first, the, the album came first? Do you wanted to, at the beginning, you're like, we want to do both, or is it like we have more, we have more fuel to use on this, let's make a movie along with the album? How did that kind of all transpire? Well, we, we were kind of going along at the typical pace of release the album, put out a music video, you know, put, release a song, I mean, put out a music video, and... I think it was our record label's idea. Um, Tiffany DeBartolo, the head of our label, she had the idea of doing a, a whole movie, music video to the whole album. We were like, yeah, yeah. And like ideas just started floating my mind instantly. And we're like, how are we going to do that? And uh, who's going to make it? And she was like, I think you could direct it. I'm like, hell yeah, I can direct it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, you did a freaking good job. Thanks. And I, I, you know, I, I pulled on a good friend, uh, Marcos Efron, who is a, a director with experience. Yeah, sure. Um, and we teamed up, and yeah, it was it was hard. It was really hard. It was but, yeah. It was a lot of work for you. I mean, like, there was <laughs> <laughs> it was like six months of just like nonstop just video stuff. Yeah. He was Working. bringing food to me, you know, while uh-huh. I was editing or casting or doing whatever. Everything, yeah, writing it and then casting it and then fi- obviously filming it and then editing. Everything it was just, it was her and, and Marcos and just uh, nonstop work. But it, I think it turned out great. But we did film it in Battle Creek. Oh, yeah, I was oh, going to say, really? was, yeah. I was going to okay. ask where really did you guys film it? We wanted to do it here. Oh, cool. And we thought about doing it in Los Angeles and just, that sounded crazy. Yeah, and we found the great yeah. re- location, the um, Greencrest Manor. I think Greencrest it's Manor. It? I think that's what it's called. So how's that work? It's you just amazing. like ran it, ran it out or something. I, they do a lot of weddings and stuff. Oh, okay. So it's like yeah. an event, but it's a big old mansion, and it's also a bed and breakfast. I think. Yeah. And yeah, we just talked to them and. That's yeah, crazy. it looks like it's in France or something because uh, yeah, I guess I, apparently it was some old. Uh, what was it like a lumber? guy or a furniture somebody who had a lot of money back you know back in the day like just was like i want to look like i'm i want to live like i'm in france and so he just built this crazy (laughs) french style estate in the middle of farm country near battle creek and uh it looks awesome that was yeah that was exactly my question why i wanted to ask like where did you guys shoot the video and like i i'm like i feel like it's not in grand rapids but i have no idea (laughs) but yeah michigan's still close that's sweet that's super cool the fun, the fun part after that was that we then did this tour where we went, uh, we took the movie, and we partnered up with uh, Alamo Drafthouse Cinemas, where those places where you can like eat and drink while yeah, you're watching yeah. movies, and we partnered with them, and we did a tour across the country where we played the movie while we performed the album live, oh, in the theater. So we would be like kind of off to the side of the screen, Ooh. performing the whole thing, to, into headphones. So we brought headphones on the tour and so everybody was wearing headphones while watching the movie so it was kind of this like immersive audio visual silent disco type of situation uh, which was really fun 
Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, that that sounds like something that would fit in at South by Southwest too. Did you have, did you play it? Did you do it all there? Or no, we did it. We did a show in Austin at their Alamo Draft House. Okay, so yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's maybe that's the actually what I was even thinking. Yeah, I feel like that whole setup fits exactly what South by Southwest is. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Cool. Um, moving on to some other album questions. Um, so you have a Peaches remix album. Mm-hmm. There's seven remixes of Peaches on there, which is a great song. Yes. Um, how do you? How did you guys? I get, and this is this is a question I feel like I want to ask lots of bands. Like, how do you guys? You have the song. Do other bands that like you say, "Hey guys, I remixed your song. Here you go." Or do you ask bands like, "Hey, would you want to remix our song?" Or maybe management somehow finds other people to do it. Like, I felt like there were so many cool remixes or you know versions of that song on there. Like, I feel like the artists that did them, like they had to, they cared somewhat about it. I don't know. So I just wanted to ask, how did you guys, how do you guys get connected up with doing something like that? Well, that for that remix album, we basically had our team together. And everyone, we're just like, who do we know? Who do we want? You know, and we had one friend, Omniflex, do yep. one. And then someone from our label is like, you know, oh, I'll reach out to Passion, Passion Pit. Pit. Yeah, and that, that was the first yeah, one that comes to mind. Yeah. Our, our manager maybe knew, had some connection with the band in South Africa. The Death by Misadventure? Yeah, or, and or? so it was just basically just spitballing, yeah, you cool. know? Everybody kind of working together to find... Yeah, bands that would fit well with playing that song, right? Because that, that was kind of the thought. Yeah, or yeah, people or that... who had interest in just remixing, you know, and getting weird with it. Yeah, we personally just want someone to make it as different and weird as possible. Right. It's fun for us to listen to. For it. sure, someone else's interpretation yeah. of what you put out already. Yeah. yeah. And then with the, the we did a Pink Chateau remix um, album too for the song Pink Chateau, and we had a contest actually. Ooh. And so we just I came up with a website that did the contest, but we basically had a contest and, you know, our label would pay a little bit of money to the top three winners. And so we got to listen to like 85 remixes or something. And yeah, just from, from regular people, you know what I mean? Like not uh, big artists or anything. And, but there was a lot of really cool uh, interpretations that so good. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of blew our minds. Yeah, I mean, I, I would feel flattered. Like, oh my gosh, like, uh, 85 different people put all their effort into doing yeah, something off my totally arm thing. Like, yeah. how cool yeah. is that? That's, yeah. I mean, that just seems just very flattering to me. Yeah, it is extremely flattering. I mean, yeah. if zero people gave a remix, then you'd be like, oh, wow, maybe we're not that great. But That's kind of what I expected yeah. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even know how you'd go through and like remember and have to be able to pick a few out of 85. That's, that's yeah, crazy. That'd be that's a lot awesome. of work to like, try to... They slowly Listen. trickle in, so we. Oh, could, maybe yeah. that's helpful too. Yeah, to yeah we would listen to like five or ten at a time, and just like make notes of which ones. Ah, really so good. it was manageable. It was yeah, manageable. yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you you want people to know that's coming up this year? I mean, we, the tour is coming. The you know we talked about an album. Is there anything else specific that you want to mm-hmm. shout out or keep a lookout up for? Or? I think that's it. I think we're just. Stay in mellow until next year, yeah. and then it's... 2022. we got to figure out what... We, I think we'll release a, a song first, and I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, or... Yeah. yeah, we're excited to get new music out, because it's been a while, and... Uh, yeah, that's been hard to... It's been hard to sit on all this stuff, and... <laughs> so for the tour, you guys, will you guys uh, 
kind of experiment with some of the stuff you've been working with and play some of those new new songs. And yeah. Even though you may not be released, and kind of play those and mix those in with the stuff that's on previous albums. Yeah, our last show in Grand Rapids, we tried a few new songs. Yeah. It's good test to see, you know, if people react, if everyone starts talking, you know. Mm. Is yeah. this song good or does it suck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and are there certain songs, I mean, kind of back to Ryan's question earlier about what to play, are there certain songs that are just, you feel fit best as a live song versus there's a, this song's better than just an album. Like this is an album song. This is right. perfect for live. You know, is that you guys find that? You know. Yeah, you, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Some songs lend themselves uh, to live performance more than others. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, like a couple songs we have, like "Hold On Tight" that you mentioned, is so great live. I feel like we didn't get that much response to it recorded, and I'm not sure. That's just I don't know why. And there's a song called "Searching for a Devil." That we play live that everyone loves and we love to play it live but it never got that many plays huh. you know yeah. on spotify because I mean, we yeah we recorded them before we had played them live and so you know maybe we should have worked them out live a little bit more and then recorded them to capture some of that energy maybe or something who knows I who don't knows know. but yeah. um but yeah those ones kind of explode live so they're a lot of fun for us Interesting. I know, like different different songs that you guys expand on in your shows. Like just, I, I just, you know, certain certain. I've lots of bands. They'll go into an instrumental on something for a long time, and just because they have that ability to do it. And you can't, you don't really want to fit that in the song and an album. But you guys got certain songs that are kind of like that, where you really build on them and play into the audience. Yeah, um, I think both the songs I just mentioned, like yeah, hold on, tight a has a lot of guitar oh, yeah. solos, and mm -hmm. we stretched that one out at the end. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole drum solo and searching for a devil that we that's not on the recording, and yeah, those are kind of our quote unquote jammy yeah. songs. We don't, you know, we don't go that crazy with the jam stuff, because um, that's just not the type of band we are really. But um, yeah, but we like to let it rip every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of speaking of like what songs kind of catch on with your audience, whether you're playing live or they're listening to it on however, um, I feel like sin since you guys, guys have started this band, you know, how the consumer, the us, the, the audience, how we receive your music has changed a little bit. Like, you know, the radio used to be such a huge thing and bands like getting on the radio, you want to get on the radio so people can hear your stuff. And then slowly over, like, especially the last 10 years, you know, streaming has just completely taken over. I mean, people still like to buy vinyl and CDs and, you know, maybe you can get played on radio. But I just, like, for myself, I listen to, like, I listen to my morning show on the radio and that's about it. But I'm listening to the bands I want to listen to on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever. Mm -hmm. um, is there, how do you, I guess now i got to phrase a question around all this. <laughs> is, it, is it more, did you have to deal much with the radio side of thing, and maybe you still do, like how to like work with radio stations or your uh, record or whoever your management is on what's getting on the radio, and is that in the same conversation as the streaming platforms? Is it just basically your music out there, or is there conversations, radio conversations, and then there's streaming conversations? And like, I, I know it's kind of weird, yeah. it's kind of an open-ended thing, but. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you wanna? Well, when we started, it was definitely radio focused. Okay. Um, with Peaches and that get, had a, we had a lot of radio success with that and we did we went to all the stations We met all the DJs and it, it's yeah. a it's a whole uh, Hustle, but it was it was great. It was fun But all those people that played our song for the first time that kind of championed it there. They don't work there anymore right. They got fired. The it's, it's just a different 
Yeah. Radio, terrestrial radio is a different animal now. I mean, still, yeah, it'd be great to get played on there, but I'm not sure. It's a whole game. You don't know, no, luckily anymore, we have right? people. What's that? You lost the connections kind of with the radio, with right? With a lot of the people that, a lot of the indie stations that played us. Yeah, yeah. We lost and, the connections. Yeah, and well, like you mentioned, the, the listener numbers have gone way down on terrestrial radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it is all about getting on a playlist on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that's just like a crazy algorithm that you kind of have to cross your fingers and hope that you get on a Yeah, I can imagine it's like, oh, right. you know, we can yeah. get on this playlist? Cool. Like, let's see what happens and... But so many people are listening to these playlists. You like that's exactly how I found you guys was on a Spotify yeah. playlist that just kind of popped up. And then Ryan shared it with me. So it's like word yeah. of mouth. It's like yeah. we've, we've been doing that lately. Like here, what's what's the two songs lately that you've been you know listening to, and we share it with each other. And that's an awesome way to like. Yeah, I love hearing new stuff. Like, yeah. like there's some people who want to. It kind of stuck in their. This is what I want to listen to every day, right? But I love exploring new stuff because it just. It's awesome. Even though I might not enjoy every bit of it, it just you're hearing what's new, what's what are artists doing. There's always a new change or new. I feel like sort of slow turnover in how music's evolving, and yeah. uh, that's that's the fun part. I, I enjoy a lot. Yeah, I like that too. As a listener of music, I love putting on a playlist and just or you know a, a band radio station just to see what if there's similar music I like, and there always is, and it's yeah. it's great to not be told by radio what songs I want to like. Did we get through? I didn't even think we would get through all these questions, so that's so, awesome. Yeah, we had, we had the one question. So what, what we're doing at the end of our shows, um, kind of taking on the whole streaming piece, we are, um, there's an option in Spotify where we can play music with, mm-hmm. with the, in addition to the, to the interviews and stuff. And so we wanted to know, we've got a couple thoughts of songs we enjoy and thought would be good to share, but Obviously, from you guys, what song, is there any couple songs that you would want a new listener to hear, hmm. if, you know, throw out a couple different options, and, and we, we'll see if those are available to, to put on there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, we probably have different <laughs> uh, choices, so you want to go first, or you want me to go first? What, 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 how about you each pick a song that you would like to share, and then could you guys together pick a In the Valley Below song that, like, if... If we had someone that wanted the, if we want someone to listen to this music, someone for the first time ever, like someone's never yeah. heard of us, we would want them to listen to this song by us. I might have to look up our songs real quick <laughs> to remember. Yeah, the catalog, the catalog's growing, right? So yeah, right. I mean, I, well, we mentioned earlier this song that we have called King Tide, which is on our first album, and it's a super slow bummer song, but uh, I personally love it, so I, I would hope that people would listen to that if you like slow bummer music yeah. yeah that's my choice for one of our songs but i'm gonna say searching for a devil if yeah i feel like that's one that doesn't get enough love and i i really like the lyrics and the vibe of that one even though it's we kind of have a, of a spectrum of vibes on our music our yeah. songs so that's in, that's on one end yeah that's a dark one um but our, we have a song called Elephant that um, we was is very mellow. So if you're in the mood for like a lullaby situation, I would recommend that. That was actually written as a lullaby. We started yeah. writing a lullaby album. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, and um, our manager really loved that song. It's like you got to put it on the record. I'm like okay. <laughs> Did that come about like after having a kid? You're like, oh, this kind of makes sense. Or was it completely outside of that? It was just something that kind of felt good and. 
Yeah, it wasn't both. directly. Yeah, I guess it was both. But yeah. it wasn't. In, we weren't trying to write children's music. It was more of just like we wanted to write sleepy time songs for all ages. For for all ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we could tell you right now that one. Yeah, and yeah that, I was gonna say that. That's a good. <laughs> and probably like in the air tonight. Speaking of remixes, I, there's so many covers of that song. It's just like yeah. every other year, I'm like, yeah. I like, I like some of the hard rock ones. I I, I kind of like. They're yeah. cool because I've heard that song a million times. <laughs> Do you guys play any other covers to, in your in your sets at all? Yeah, we always try to throw some in. Usually we try to do like a new cover for every tour so that we're not playing the same cover song. Oh, like two, two per tour maybe. Or, or one or two per tour, yeah. So we did the Danzig one for a while. Yeah. We did the Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks one. We, we've done Pink Floyd. We did we money. covered Money on oh. On Tour. Um, oh, the last show we, we did, The Cult, we've, Fire we, Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. We covered oh, The Cult. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I love that song. We did a, a Fleetwood Mac cover, The Chain. Oh yeah. Um, we actually we're, we're gonna release that today. I think uh, we did a live stream show during mm-hmm. COVID. During COVID, where we played that, but we're just gonna put it out on YouTube today. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fleetwood Mac seems like a kind of fits. It kind of yeah, 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 with yeah, the yeah, male female yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what like when my mom's friends are like, "What do you guys sound like?" We're like, "It's like a modern Fleetwood Mac." Yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta say it's rock set mixed with Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is like if they're old, they they have yeah, no we're idea who. Over 60. I don't yeah, even know yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask in the valley below? I guess uh, as a as a couple. How is that dynamic, you know, working together? I mean, I've, you know, I've heard of people who work together, like in a business or something, it's different, but making music or being creative, how is that as, as also being, you know, living with each other on a daily basis? Like, <laughs> is there times when there's a little bit of a, a challenge? Like you said, you guys were struggling with that rise on, you just didn't want to talk about it, and it was kind of a... Yeah. I feel like we're pretty lucky that... I mean, we are together 24-7, <laughs> and it works. I mean, we're in a, a tour van together, you know, like all the things that would drive someone crazy. It's, <laughs> it works for us. It would suck to not be together in this crazy you found, ride. You guys found you know? your person. You're able to yeah. double down not only a person that you want to like spend your life with, but that you can actually work and be creative and do that kind of stuff with. So there's a lot of music played around in your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a pretty good vinyl collection, and uh, you know, Spotify's on too. So we, we, and our son has his own taste in music, which is completely uh, different and unrelated to anything that we do. <laughs> What's he into? Yeah, it goes through phases. You know, he went through like a a really heavy, like a, a hard rock phase for a while. Um, we actually took him to see Kiss when they came through a while back. That's sweet. Because he was super into Kiss and, and Metallica and all that heavy stuff. And yeah. then uh, he phased out of that, and now it's into, like, video game-inspired music. Like nerdcore. Uh, nerdcore. Yeah. yeah, for sure. He's super into nerdcore. Um, but, yeah, he. Uh, it's funny when we talk about our music, because he likes the fact that we're musicians, but he doesn't he hates our music <laughs> like so bonkers <laughs> my kids even like your music <laughs> but i think i think it's a healthy thing you know like uh kids 
always have to like kind of make their own identity so absolutely it's pretty normal but uh try not to let my ego get too hurt right when he's like... and he's still young too i mean get, wait till he's in his 20s and be like wow mom and dad why did i not why did i not gravitate towards this earlier this stuff's awesome you never know yeah we need to get him in the band Ooh, yeah, yeah family yeah. band there you go so uh jeff and angie how can people find you find your music how can they connect? Well, just everything in the valley below. You know, social media. And we do all that stuff. So if you send us a message, we see it, you know, and come to our shows. We come out and meet people after and just, uh, yeah, just reach out. If, yeah, if I mean, want. in the valley below dot com. I don't know. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to see you guys on this next tour. Um, with OMD kicks off in April, I believe. Yeah. Um, the the Michigan show listed on there is May fourth in Royal Oak, so I, Jeff and I will most likely be there for that one. Cool, yeah, sweet, definitely. But yeah, awesome. we thank you guys so much for coming out here and chatting with us. This was great. It was awesome to hear your story and some stuff behind the scenes and how you guys have developed and you know gotten these this creative outlet you guys have that I just appreciate so much. Yeah, um, yeah thanks. It's been awesome. Yeah, yeah thanks for it. having us. Absolutely. Welcome back, friends and Jeff. Have I got a story for you? Tell. Well, you were there. You know, too. Oh, it was great. Of course, we went and saw Tua last night, finally. Grand Rapids, Michigan, Van Andel Arena, Tuesday, March 8th, Tool. And a band called, their opener was The Acid Helps. I did not listen to the opener. Yeah, I didn't make it there in time. Yeah. So that's all right. It's all good. Yeah, it was awesome. It was your first time seeing it. How'd you like it? How was it? It was excellent. Yeah. I thought it sounded great. I thought they put on a good show. I mean, it played basically two hours. I mean, they had a little bit of intermission, but, Mm -hmm. and for them, that's not a lot of songs. I mean, it's like a dozen songs. Yeah, right. Look back at the set list, but uh, yeah, I thought a lot of energy. I mean, I was saying this last night. The band puts in a lot of work i mean you you're playing 10 minute songs like you mm-hmm. don't you don't get a break yeah right. now maynard he he gets lots of breaks he gets lots of breaks he's not having to sing all the time so i thought that was funny but but yeah that's a lot of energy um and and i liked how they kind of flowed the songs a little bit i mean at times there was more your mellow mm-hmm. and then they then they broke into some power and and couple songs back to back like my my favorite part was actually probably numa numa yeah oh yeah yeah that was like the third or fourth song in maybe hit numa and then that in the grudge that. yep those two back to back were numa. my probably favorite part numa was probably my favorite part push it i like push it a lot that song was good that's a 10 minute long song on the album it's 10 minute long it was probably yeah. longer than that at, when they played it right yeah i loved it i've seen them several times in the so I don't know if I was too hyped for it from all my fellow Reddit tool band geeks, but I don't know. I just kept nitpicking things. I was like, eh, like we had pr- good seats. I thought they were totally decent seats, but there was like this plastic divider thing that was because we were at the edge of a, um, not a balcony, but like an overhang part of the bowl, you know, the first level up. Right. Um, so there's like this glass divider. So you don't walk off the edge. Well, it's kind of like right when you're looking at the band, it's cutting it like right in half. It's like, oh, man. But you forget about it for a while, and then the bright lights come on, and you're like, oh, it's right there in my face again. Right. So that was annoying, but whatever. Um, I got in line at 1230. Doors opened at 6. 
You probably got there after six. I think we didn't get into the place till close to eight. Dang. So now, I was now like, why were you waiting then, Ryan? Um, I was waiting. I specifically wanted to get a signed poster, and those are very, very hard to come by. There's only a handful at every show, so I wanted to get there in front of the line to have a better chance at getting that. Or a normal poster or t-shirt, you know, there's specific ones that they sell out every every night. They all sell out. So if you're not there at the beginning to get it, you don't get it. You heard it, guys. Uh, you wanted a poster. Absolutely. I did. So I stood in line for six hours. Or longer than six hours. Well, yeah. Roughly six hours with a bunch of other crazy yahoos that were... A lot of the people that were there at 1230, I actually drove by to see if there was a line. I'm like, oh, there's going to be no line. Maybe at three or four the line will start. Nope, I drove by at 12.30. I was like, oh, there's 30 people in line. What the heck? That's crazy. Yeah, and a lot of, I got to know, I got met a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people were, tra- they would travel around show to show to show, stay in hotels. Uh, and that was, it's like their vacation. They just love tool and traveling like that so much. It was their thing. Groupie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was groupie vibes for sure. They, all these people knew each other, but they lived all in different parts of the country or in Canada or something. But they all know each other by name because I see each other at every show. That's neat. That's cool. Yep. But yeah, every every concert night for them, they have a different design for that city's poster, and then they have a T-shirt of that design, and then they have all their normal stuff. So the the nightly designs, the one that sells out, the posters sell out immediately. The signed posters of it sell immediately. All the shirts of that night will sell out immediately. So yeah, I was lucky to get um, poster shirt, a shirt. My friend Ben that went with us, he did too. So yeah, we yeah, got pretty good. And now, now you were telling me that they. A lot of people will buy, pay big money for that stuff. That's why all, all like that. I think that pushes a lot of these. You know, we'll call them groupies. They're not really groupies, but um, a lot of those guys see it like there's an opportunity to make money because yeah, it, the the it's scarce. All the the limit. It's a lot of the limited edition stuff. And you know, for a band as big as Tool, and for as many people are interested in that, you're going to have these people that are interested in stuff like that. Right. And there's lots of people interested in that. So it just, the, the resale value is insane. So a lot of people that were there, half their goal is to get there early to buy as much merch as possible to sell, to help fund their trip and, yeah, you know, so pay for say. all the stuff that they did want and to pay for their trip and their tickets and everything. So that's what I would say a huge amount of the people, you know, were uh, there to do that. I heard some guys go there, do that, and they don't even go see the show because they saw it five wow. or six times already in the last two weeks. And I'm like, dang, that's just bonkers. Why would you even dra- travel? Well, if it's but if it's far, worth it for money, I mean. Yeah. And if you're going whatever. from, let's say, Ohio to Michigan, it's not that big of a drive. Mm-hmm. So, no, I thought it was a great show. Um, really impressed. I, I will say, I mean, at a, a concert like Tool, you're going to have to see in an arena. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of at that point where I'd prefer not to go to arena shows. Mm-hmm. Like there's certain bands I'm going to have to, if I want to yeah, see them, I agree, but I'd rather go to a smaller venue or an mm-hmm. outdoor amphitheater. That's smaller. And I would rather be able to actually see them like yeah. X amount of feet away from each other, not a football field away from but, each other. Or but if I think about tool, I mean, Maynard, you're not going to see anyway, really. He kind of sits in the shadows, which mm-hmm. is so for folks who don't know, I mean, he's not really your typical, front man mm-hmm. he has no desire to really be in the he's limelight. like an anti-front man yeah exactly and he you know showcases the rest of the guys mm-hmm. um so you i mean you you could be up and close and see them play but you're still not getting that same it's more of the visual anyway i mean yeah it was cool. all about visual yep they had a lot of cool they always got cool stuff going on yeah 
and I heard, you know, people that are veterans of scene two were like, oh, the, the visuals are so amazing, like the best of any show. And so I was excited to see that. And I got through like most of the concert. I was like, I feel like I've not seen anything I haven't seen already at one of their other concerts. So I, I so I was, I'll say let down, but I think it was just overhyped for me because if I wasn't thinking that way and I just walked into it, I'd be like, yeah, this is sweet. I probably wouldn't have thought, you know, oh, it was better last time I saw it. Or I, you know, so it's just, those are like the little things that. But that happened when you do something so many times, you can like, right? You can totally. Well, and you, you, but you saw him last time you saw him. It was actually the same tour. It was their first leg of the tour, right before the pandemic. Uh, yes. So I mean, it's technically. But they changed the they changed everything over COVID. So so that was one of the last shows they did. So January twenty twenty in Las Vegas, and so they I bet you they had another month of playing, and then it was they canceled all the shows after that up until this tour. Right, but yeah, that was a Fear Inoculum tour, which is their last album. So is this different set list? The, like the visuals were different. There's different stuff going on. Okay, so it was like a whole different concert. But you know, maybe their plan at the beginning was to halfway through it reset everything and do it differently. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, the only yeah, thing that I hadn't I had seen before, but I hadn't seen it so long, is when they played Sober. Mm-hmm. It was the music video. Mm-hmm. Which I always thought was cool when that first yeah. came out, but creepy. So I was like, "Man, I haven't seen that in forever." So that was yeah. kind of a flashback. Cool. Well, we got another concert to go see, May fourth. Yeah, May so the fourth be with you. It was great talking within the valley below. In the and, valley below, uh, enjoyed it, and we're gonna go see them. Yeah, May fourth, uh, Royal Oak Music Theater, and they're opening up for OMD Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. And that band, I, I've never really heard of them. I have to them. check. Yeah. They've I, been around like 30 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a band like that, you're like, some classic rock. All right, right? But no, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Maybe no, they, it's not. I don't think I it's didn't th- I didn't get the vibe that they were. But. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Um, What day of the week is that? Do you remember? It's, it's a, a weeknight. Wednesday it, night. Yeah, it's like a weeknight, right? So yeah. we'll go whenever and that's going to be fun. Yeah. I think I've only been there one time and it's been a long time. And... I'm going in a couple weeks to the same theater, see Mammoth and Dirty Honey. Uh, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Since I got they got rescheduled, so I'll give you a, I'll give you an update on how how the theater is. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Good stuff, my friend. Anything else? Any other news we got? I feel like that's the, that. Those are the two big things. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I think uh, back to Indian Valley Below was. Great talking with them. Um, oh my gosh, it was a, it was awesome. It was cool. And, They're cool. Uh, we got a couple. We got a couple songs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Our, the songs. Yeah, yeah. We got to highlight those. So we picked a few um, on their ha- behalf. There were a few other mentioned in the episode, and those would be on our playlist on our website, themitmusic.com. But uh, you want to start off naming the songs? Yep. So the first one up is. The song Peaches, but it's the Pit Passion remix. Love that one. That's my favorite. From the Mem... Yeah, it is. It's a great song. Um, From the Memphis Sessions, there's a song, Stop Dragging My Heart. Yeah, remake of uh, Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks. That's right. I I knew the cover song, and I wanted to say Stevie Nicks. Tom Petty is what I was was drawing a blank on. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect uh, sound for them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we got Neverminders, which is one of my favorite songs. That was probably the second song by In the Valley Below that I got into after Hold On Tight. I was going to say, yeah, Hold On Tight. Awesome. We didn't feature that one in the episode, but... Check it out. Check it out on the playlist. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's my fave. It's great. 
Yeah. Great stuff. Cool, Mr. Jeff. Check you later, dude. All right. Peace out. Yeah.